The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. If you want to run with the game changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, the insurance industry. Ooh, couple questions for you listening today. Do you gnash your teeth every time you have to deal with insurers for both personal and business coverage? Okay, we have a heads up for the insurance industry. Today's smartphone customers expect on-demand access to their insurance card information, their policies, coverage information, their bill paying, agent contact information, and so much more. How? By their mobile phone, by web, by apps, by social media, by video. Wow. So that leaves many of us wondering if insurers even know the meaning of customer experience. Well, I have some good news. It might be dawning on them. I found an article today at www.insurance-dialogue.com. Never heard of it, but I Googled it. And the the title of the article is The Insurance Industry Adapts to the New Age of Customer Experience. Well, we've gathered a very smart, interesting panel who know all about this for you today. And I'm going to tell you about my four experts who are with us. We're going to start off with Mark Brading from SMA, that strategy meets action. And he sent me this quote, and this is hopeful. The insurance industry is in the midst of a long transition from paper to digital, affecting every part of the business, but especially especially, woo-hoo, the customer experience. We'll be speaking with Mark in about two minutes, and he'll tell us if this is really good news. Also joining us on the panel today is Nathan Golia from Insurance Seg Technology. He has an interesting quote. Anybody remember who framed Roger Rabbit, 1988 movie, and you remember the character of Judge Doom? Well, Nathan gave me this quote. I had the good providence to stumble. I'm pretending I'm Judge Doom. I don't know what he sounds like. I had the good providence to stumble upon a plan of the city council, a construction plan of epic proportions. We're calling it a freeway. Eight lanes of shimmering cement running from here to Pasadena. Smooth, safe, fast. Traffic jams will be a thing of the past. Okay, that's the quote, and we'll find out from Nathan in a few minutes why he chose to quote Judge Doom and what this has to do with the insurance industry. I'm sure it's a great segue. Joining us today also is Kathy Ann Hudson from IBM, and she says... Customer-centered innovation is key to growth in the changing insurance marketplace. She knows. This is her bailiwick. She'll talk to us in a moment. And rounding out our big panel today is Bob Cummings from SAP calling from Waldorf. And he says... There is no path. A path only forms when you walk. Yes, my friends, that's a Chinese proverb. So join us for the digital insurer, 
opportunities with customer centricity trends. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers, episode number 97. We're live today on Voice America, the business channel. It's August 7, 2013. Where is the year going? Way too fast. Quick question for my Game Changer listeners. Your vast volumes of business data demand instant access and timely, insightful analysis. SAP Honda to the rescue. Go to our site on the business channel, click any of the banners, and it will take you to a page and find a page of offers, and you'll find a free HANA value calculator. Take a look, plug in some numbers, and see if it can help you. Now, let's meet my panelists. Let's start off introducing Mark Brading. He's a partner at Strategy Meets Action, a strategic advisory firm offering a unique blend of advisory, research, and project-based consulting services to the insurance companies and solution providers. Welcome, Mark Brading. How are you today? Great, Bonnie. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Where are you calling from, Mark? I am from Columbus, Ohio today. Okay, wonderful. How's the weather? It's beautiful and sunny. Good. You could, well, it's starting to be sunny here. Maybe you just sent it, pushed it over here to Long Island. Mark, we'll be talking to you in just a minute about your quote. And let's also welcome uh, Nathan Golia, Senior Editor of Insurance and Technology. He joined the publication in 2010 as Associate Editor. Nathan covers all aspects of the nexus, I love that word, the nexus between insurance and information technology, which includes mobility, distribution, core systems, customer interaction, and risk management. Nathan, welcome. How are you today? Great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Glad to have you on board. We'll find out about your very interesting quote in a few minutes. Kathy Hudson is Global Insurance Segment Leader for IBM Global Insurance. She specializes in technology solutions that help insurers develop compelling customer experiences. That's why she's here. And winning distribution strategies. Hi, Kathy. How are you today? Hi, Bonnie. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from New York City today. Okay, you and I share the same weather pattern, I think. It's brightening up a little. Yours, your place too? Yes, yes, but it feels a little bit like fall, but I'm not complaining. Oh, I, I think so. After the heat wave we had a few weeks ago, I agree. It's, it's a good thing. And rounding out our panel, as I said, is Bob Cummings. He is the head of SAP's Industry Business Unit for Insurance. He's responsible for SAP's offering to insurance companies. And Bob was one of the original founders of this business unit. Welcome, Bob Cummings, all the way from Waldorf, Germany. How are you today, Bob? Hi, Bonnie. I'm very well. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me to your show. Good, wonderful, glad to have you on board. So now, my friends, it's time to go back into these very interesting quotes you provided to me, and let's rip them apart. Let's take about a minute and a half each, and let's see what we're really talking about. Mark from SMA will start with you, Mark Brading. The insurance industry is in the midst of a long transition, that tells me we're looking historically, from paper to digital, affecting every part of the business, but especially the customer experience. Talk to me, Mark. Yeah, you know, it's great that we're talking about the digital insurer today because insurance is really an information-based business. Um, we don't manufacture any physical goods. But if you go into any insurance company, there are just staggering amounts of paper, um, brochures, quotes, applications, damage estimates, policies, you name it, um, hundreds of types of documents. And over the last maybe 20 years or so, there's been some really great progress in digitizing that information, capturing electronically, scanning paper documents, etc. cetera, uh, but there's still a long way to go, um, still lots of opportunities. Today, a lot of the focus is around the paper documents that touch customers. Um, practically every insurer that I know 
has, um, is at some stage of implementing an e-delivery strategy. They're trying to figure out what do customers value, what kinds of documents, letters, correspondence, bills do they want to get electronically. Um, you know, how do we support this move towards mobile and um, enable them to communicate? They want to be communicated to. Uh, so I think it's good news, but uh, as I mentioned, um, you know, it's a long transition, and uh, you probably get the sense that I've been there for a lot of this long part of this transition and probably will be around for, for a bit longer as well. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I appreciate your, your perspective. Mark, quick question before we turn to Nathan's quote, which is very interesting. A question for you. Not everybody's mobile today. A lot of people who believe in insurance, the ones who are the, yes, I have to have it for everything, I sense, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, Mark, they're, they're older. They're an older generation that did not cut their teeth on digital technology. They may have a cell phone, but maybe not a smartphone. They still want paper. So how does the insurance industry balance? Customer experience, of course, impacts every customer. But now we're seeing a divergence of what customers expect. So just give me for a couple seconds a perspective on paper to digital, but not everybody wants digital how do they deal with that yeah it's a great question bonnie and Thank um, you. you know it's really all about segmentation and about understanding your customers uh what are mm-hmm. their preferences uh and and you can't just um make gross assumptions necessarily sorry to disagree with you a little bit there but you can't just say well it's the older generation or mm-hmm. the millennials like their information delivered this way um it, you know each person really is different so the trick is to Offer the options out there. You can have it via paper. We'll send it in the mail. We'll, we'll post it to a website for you to get. You can access it via mobile. And then, uh, and then allow people to choose the options that, uh, that they want. Fair point. I sit corrected and I agree with you. My mother's in her 90s and she has a computer in each of her houses and she's on email every day. What can I tell you? And I know people in their 60s who think smartphones are for teenagers. So there you go, right? So let's move to Nathan Golia. Nathan, what a quote you said. I'm not going to repeat the whole thing, but basically we're talking about this uh, plan for the, of the city council to put in a freeway. And, and I think the irony here is smooth, safe, fast traffic jams will be a thing of the past. This is Judge Doom who framed Roger Rabbit all the way back in 1988. Talk to me, Nathan. Give me about a minute and a half here. What do you mean by this? What does it have to do with insurance companies? Oh, sorry about the long quote. I wasn't thinking at the time. That I no, it's, it. it's fine. Uh, I loved it. Very thanks. colorful. Go ahead. Um, the, I was thinking about you know the, uh, the concept of technological disruption, which is really what the insurance industry is faced with right now. Um, I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I was on vacation in Maine a couple of weeks ago. It was on um, TV. You know, it was raining. We were watching it. And uh, the big reveal in the movie is that there's this nefarious plot, and it, it turns out that the, the entire aim of the plot is so that they have the, uh, the land, the real estate, to build this freeway, which now... You know, it sounds funny to even think that there was a time when there weren't just freeways crisscrossing America or that weren't such a huge part of Los Angeles culture where the movie takes place. So after the long Judge Doom quote about how he saw the uh, the plans from the city council and they were going to build this freeway, the main character says, why would you ever want to use that when you can take the trolley for a nickel? Well, that's that's <laughs> okay. what insurers are – some insurers are reacting um, to uh, – 
you know, disruptions in technology was, was sort of a similar attitude. I wouldn't say it's happening that much, but for a while it was maybe more common in the insurance industry. We actually are seeing more innovation now, but that attitude is going away where these things like uh, mobility, social, uh, social media, communication, reaching out to customers in different ways, expecting that customers are going to want to reach in different ways, um, they are now becoming, it's, it's, it's happening and there's no way around it. Um, you know, the, the customer base is changing and the insurers have to adapt to that um, and, and meet the challenges faced by the disruption. Um, because even if there's a, a certain cohort now that's, you know, like you were saying, you know, is it an older generation who's buying more insurance, eventually, mm-hmm. you know, other people are going to be old generation and you want to have that stuff in place and not be playing catch up uh, five, ten years down the line. It might not even be that long. Um, very, very said, good my points. He's the same way. Yes. He's, in, he's almost 90, and he gets uh, he gets frustrated when he can't, you know, reach someone online and has to dig up their phone numbers. <laughs> there you go. No accounting for this new digital digital generation. It spans the generations. Thank you, Nathan. Kathy, we have time for you. Customer-centered innovation is key to growth in the changing insurance marketplace. Give me about a minute here. We're just about ready for break. Kathy, talk to me. So customer-centered innovation enables companies to, you know, quickly respond to the evolving future in a holistic manner, particularly the empowered consumer who has, you know, more access to information, who has an idea of how they want to interact and what their experience uh, should be. And we all know that, you know, experience captures value, and being able to respond to that empowered consumer uh, insurance companies really need to understand how to provide that value to them. So it's really about organizing around, you know, the customers by designing an integrated customer experience, having a care strategy that's based on a deep understanding of customers' wants and needs, um, being able for, to identify uh, an insurer's basis for differentiation to the various segments that they have, and also really trying to map the strategies to sell and to support customers across all channels. Terrific. Thank you, Kathy. And you know what? You took me up to the break. Bob Cummings, I'm going to leave you hanging We're, when we open. Before we go to what's in your cup today, our second segment opener, I'm going to ask you to talk about this Chinese proverb you sent me, there is no path. A path only forms when you walk. We're talking today to a panel of experts on the digital insurer, opportunities with customer centricity trends. That's a loaded topic. I don't care if you're buying personal business insurance. you got to stay tuned. There's a lot of good information. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. Shout out to Gina Myers. Thank you for helping put this together. And she's listening, appreciated, and tweeting. Join us at hashtag SAP Radio. Brad, take us out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
you're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. We're talking today about the digital insurer. That's insurance industry opportunities with customer centricity trends. We're talking about the customer experience. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to Bob Cummings from SAP, who's calling from Waldorf, Germany today, about his Chinese proverb. And the quote is, there is no path. I always sound like I feel like I have to lower my voice for this, Bob. There is no path. A path only forms when you walk. I'm, I'm saying this out of respect. So talk to me, Bob Cummings. What does this have to do? with innovation and customer centricity in the insurance industry, please. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Bonnie. Um, so I think, uh, I guess we're, we're coming across two kinds of insurers, you know, those who are sort of waiting uh, as the jury is out on what exactly will be this modern way of communicating right there is, uh, I think, uh, I think it's still a, an area of evolution, the way uh, uh, the way the digital communication with customers will be. And then there's another group of uh, insurance companies we're dealing with who are just simply uh, paving the way forward. They're experimenting with different things. Some things work, uh, which uh, which they hang on to. Some things don't work, which they throw out. I, I just came back uh, from a trip to China where I, I saw uh, really a, a kind of a glimpse into the future of a leading insurance company there just simply experimenting with literally uh, 50 to 100 different kind of ways of uh, communicating in this new digital world, and uh, some work, some don't. Um, and I guess the proverb is kind of just thinking, like, um, if you sit back and wait for the for a path to become clear, you might miss an opportunity. And I think that's especially true in the insurance industry. I think, uh, I think as you said before, there'll there'll always be different ways. I think in the age of in the age of digital TV, we still listen to the radio. Uh, I think there'll still that's be different right. ways of communicating. Um, there'll be different preferences. But there will be there, this digital channel will certainly be a very important one, and uh, and I think uh, insurance companies need to uh, you know need to look out and start experimenting and um, and not be left behind when when the do when the real uh, killer models do do start to emerge. A lot of good key words in there, Bob Cummings. I want to ask you before well, I'm going to start with you and what you're drinking today. But one thing you said they're experimenting. Insurance companies are experimenting with. Did you say 50 to 100 communications models? I tell me if I heard you right, and tell me how could that possibly be? Yeah, I was uh, I was stunned myself. I was uh, I was at a uh, a Chinese insurer who's literally going out and. Uh, they have like these labs, these innovation labs, sort of reminds you of something at Google where they just uh, sit with uh, young people who are very, uh, you know, tech savvy and they, uh, mm-hmm. they just start inventing different models. But instead of uh, making business cases for each, they simply launch them and see if they work. And China is an interesting testbed because you're always going to find a couple of million people who will, uh, you know, take on a certain <laughs> approach because it's such a huge market. And um, and then they'll they'll test different things and they'll throw out the the methods that don't work and then take the ones that do. Very interesting. We used to call that trial and error. Some people call it trial by fire. Some people call it trial by customer. Okay, I'm going to start with you, Bob Cummings, since you're the last up and we had to push you into the second segment. What are you drinking today? What time is it in Waldorf? And what's in your cup today, Bob? Oh, I hope uh, this is not censored. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> I'm just, not. I'm just drinking. A- 
uh, drinking a cup of black tea. Nothing very exciting. <laughs> oh, I was hoping for some kind of wonderful wine. I was hoping for something a little more, a uh, little more uh, happy hour-ish. And just a cup of tea. Is there a flavor to your tea? Uh, green tea, actually, I just noticed. I thought it was black tea, but it's actually green tea. Um, and uh, but happy hour is starting at about two hours, so I'll probably uh, I'll probably have something more interesting then. <laughs> okay, well we'll catch you then. Now let's move on to the Nathan Golia. Nathan, what are you drinking today? Well, it's uh, eleven, only eleven twenty here in Brooklyn, so I've got I'm on still my first uh, <laughs> time through my Nalgene water bottle. I usually drink it about two or three of them a day. Um, my wife and I bought them because we were sick of leaving cups all over the house. We both work at home, and we'd both go down and get a cup of water, bring it upstairs to each of our offices, leave it there, go down and get a new cup. So now we've got the water bottles we can just refill. Now, what kind of water bottle is that? Tell me the name again. Uh, it's a company called Nalgene. Uh, they're actually based in my hometown of Rochester, New York, made in USA. So okay. always like to uh, plug the local guys. Why not? Well, thank you for that. Mark, I think I heard you in the background. Are you with us again? What are you drinking today? Enlighten well, us. I'm actually drinking tea as well, but there's a story behind it. Uh, Please tell us. For most of my life, all, the only thing I drank was water. I literally was one of those people who liked the benefits, uh, the health benefits of H2O, and, and you know, I wouldn't try any other drink for all the tea in China. Um, <laughs> and then a funny thing happened, which, you know, you can probably guess. Uh, I went to China, and... Uh, I was in a business meeting, offered tea, and I accepted it just to be polite. And uh, uh-huh. I thought, hey, this is pretty good. Um, and now 15 years later, I'm passionate about tea. Uh, I like drinking teas from around the world, and I think I'm actually trying to drink all the tea in China. Uh, <laughs> so today I have this nice loose-leaf Chinese tea that's called Grand Yuma Imperial Tea. Ooh. And, uh, I think it's got enough caffeine in it to keep me going through this program, at least. It's keeping you powered. I, I will share, Kathy. Before we get to you, just let me let me segue that I was in a similar situation. I, I studied. I toured Europe when I was about oh eighteen and a half, and I studied in Neuchâtel, Switzerland, for a month. Lived with a Swiss family and studied at the University of Neuchâtel. My French and uh, the family, because we were traveling students on a tour, they had a limited budget apparently for what they were going to feed us. So I quickly learned that breakfast was going to be not much on the table. Mark, I learned to drink several cups of tea, which I had never cared for in my life, with milk, with sugar, with anything I could find, two croissants slathered with raspberry jam. That was it, and that had to hold us till we got back for the main meal in the early afternoon after class. So that's how I learned to, to drink tea. It was uh, necessity was the mother of teavention, shall we say that. So yes, I understand. Kathy Ann Hudson, what are you drinking today, my friend? Uh, so first I'll say it has no alcohol. Um, it's called Hibiscus okay. Tea Sangria by Argo Tea. So it's a little bit of hibiscus tea with some apple juice and um, berries. Ooh, sounds <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Have you ever tried that over ice or is that have, does it have to be hot? Uh, it's iced. It's iced. Oh, I had a feeling. Isn't that funny? Now, I have to tell you that Malcolm Kimberlin, my esteemed uh, tweeter extraordinaire here, and we have a lot of tweeters today, a shout-out to David Slavinsky from IBM. We love you, and uh, you're being very sassy today. And Gina Myers is tweeting as well, and some of our guests. Malcolm says he slammed his Phil's coffee. So busy he couldn't enjoy it, but, man, what a kick. Malcolm's tweets are always very passionate when it comes to what he's drinking. So now that we've cleared almost everybody on the calls drinking some kind of a tea, and by 
the way, they don't let me have caffeine on show days. Wonder why. Let's start our roundtable, and I'm going to kick this off with Mark Brading. Mark, let's talk about a, a statement you sent me before the show. You said, the tra- and I think this is important, the transition to customer centricity in the insurance industry does not imply a de-emphasis on product. In fact, the opposite is true. Product innovation is increasingly important. So let's talk about what they're actually doing. What are they offering us today? Mark, why don't you kick this off? Sure. You know, the industry for a long time uh, was product-centric, and it, it's pretty natural because the products are complex, and uh, designing those and putting together the right combination of, of coverages and deductibles and, and various services for uh, the customers is really important. So lots of internal focus on that product. Um, you know, but now there is this big shift towards customer centricity. Um, and so, you know, we're talking a lot about that today. But I didn't want to lose the fact that the product is still important. Uh, the product innovation is still, um, you know, very, very important. In fact, you know, product innovation is really a natural outgrowth of focusing on the customer. You know, if you're really going to satisfy those customers' needs, you have to provide them with the products that meet or exceed their expectations. Um, you know, it's, and it's easy to think of product innovation when you're thinking of like consumer electronics devices, uh, for mm-hmm. instance. But, you know, the people probably wonder, what does that look like in insurance? What is product innovation? Yes. Um, what does it mean? So let me just give you a couple of examples here. Uh, a great example, I think, is usage-based insurance based on telematics technologies. Um, this approach really is going to fundamentally change the auto insurance market around the world. In fact, it's already having a, a big impact mm-hmm. in some markets. Um, on the life insurance side of things, there are a lot of insurers that are, that are creating more hybrid, hybrid products. Um, say, you know, maybe taking a traditional life insurance policy and then uh, adding in, um, you know, long-term care uh, component to it or something, something of that nature. So, um, you know, it's, it really does require a lot of innovation. We've just completed a study that shows that it, it takes on average about 7.7 months to uh, design and implement a new product. So there's still a lot of room for innovation to, you know, to get products out to the market faster, but a lot of insurers are focused on this area. Thank you, Mark. I want to bring Kathy into this. Kathy, you also have something very similar to Mark's perspective. You say, let innovation, this is a message from you, Kathy Ann Hudson at IBM, to the insurance industry. You're saying, let innovation help you capture the new customer. And you go on to say, high customer value has a lot to do with understanding customer needs, planning ahead to understand changes in the environment, which leads to proactive integration of customer needs. Kathy, talk to me a little bit. Let's segue from what Mark said. You agree? Yes, I agree with what uh, Mark talked about, and it's very much in line with what um, you just said in terms of, you know, we talked a little bit about how the shift to mobile devices has changed how consumers interact and make purchase decisions, not Mm -hmm. only in insurance, but in most industries, uh, particularly in retail. So one of the questions um, that we often ask insurers are, are they innovating to develop new markets, right? I'm currently working on a study on distribution in emerging markets and what that future state would look like. And more and more we're seeing that it's becoming a mobile-first environment, right? So one of the questions um, that insurers need to consider in that in that new space is, are they building customer value as a core competency? Because that will allow them to respond to those new markets, create new markets, and also drive that product innovation, 
Now, when we talk about high customer value, one of our studies talked about um, how what customers value from insurance companies, right? So we, we saw that mm-hmm. 76% of insurance customers value trust, transparency, and personal, personalized products to meet their individual needs. And we asked insurance uh, consumers across the globe, what is that value? Where, where do you get value from in terms of your insurer, insurance companies? And they said, well, when an insurance company is able to anticipate my needs and they're able to modify their products and services in line with our changing needs, that's when I feel like I'm getting value from my insurance company. So we often talk about value um, from the, what value the customer provides to the insurance company, but mm-hmm. given that empowered customer today and how much more power that they have in terms of how they buy and where they buy, we, we want them to look at what value does the customer get from them. Uh, and, you know, product innovation plays a big part of that. Okay, thank you, Kathy. You know what? You took me up to my next break, but I want to give a preview of what's coming up after the break. We're going to be talking to Bob Cummings, who has an interesting perspective. We haven't talked about who is and who is not insured. He says 50% of the world is overinsured, duh, and 50% is not insured. Microinsurance is a desperate need for much of humanity. We'll kick off the next segment with Bob, and then we're going to bring Nathan in to talk about the new role for the agent force in the insurance industry. Quick shout-out to uh, Terry Gold. Goldsworthy is joining us. Thank you, Terry. You're tweeting, and we appreciate it. And Margot Heiligman, of course, our friend at SAP, says the aroma of Santa Fe Black Lightning Organic Coffee is wafting where she is, but she's also enjoying what my guests are drinking. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. No kidding. Talking about digital insurers. We'll be right back. Brad, out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Quick shout-out to our listeners. We are live today, Wednesday, August 7, 2013. But even if you're not listening to us live, you're listening to the podcast, whether it's on the iTunes podcast directory, whether you're listening from a download of the MP3 from the business channel from our page, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what my guests are saying. So if you go to hashtag SAP Radio, doesn't matter, capital or lowercase, find the tweet stream that's happening during the live show today, thanks to so many good friends who are tweeting 
retweeting with us, and I'm retweeting everything I can find while I'm hosting, and and add your thoughts to the tweet stream. We'd love to hear from you even after the fact. So now we're talking, of course, about the digital insurer opportunities with customer centricity trends. We're going to turn to who is and who is not insured in the world today. And Bob Cummings from SAP, calling from Waldorf, Germany, says 50% of the world is over-insured. 50% is not even insured. And he says that micro-insurance is a desperate need for, I love this, much of humanity. And humanity is what we're really talking about here. These are human needs. Bob Cummings, talk to me. Where did you get these percents and what do we what do we mean? Yeah, so thanks, Bonnie. So, so um, we're, we're very involved in a, a foundation at the moment from SAP for um, microinsurance. It sort of started on the banking side first, uh, just maybe a first uh, few statistics, which really blew me away when I first saw them. There's, If you imagine a country like Brazil, um, and imagine that half of the people in Brazil, in fact, more than half of the people don't even have a bank account, um, mm-hmm. but guess what? They have a mobile phone. Uh, not all of them, of course, but uh, more, more. There are more mobile phones than there are uh, bank accounts, and um, we are in some countries, like in South Africa, opening uh, thousands of uh, bank accounts every month with uh, the so-called unbanked, and they're skipping right into, they're leapfrogging right into the uh, the newest digital uh, generation uh, by uh, you know opening accounts, and then th- that becomes a kind of a channel. Uh, where we can then bring in microinsurance. I think uh, I think in those kind of countries uh, you'll see most of the insurance flow through the uh, banking channel. Uh, that's of course different in other countries, but uh, but uh, the reason uh, it's an interesting uh, point in the context of your show today, Bonnie, is uh, mm-hmm. just that um, there's going to be a whole swathe of humanity that will go directly to this mobile channel, uh, won't have even known what an agent was, won't have known what a bank branch was, and we're going to have learnings from there that we can, of course, use in, in other parts of the developed world. Uh, so it's just an interesting uh, aspect uh, for, for this talk today, I think. I appreciate that. And, Bob, are we talking about personal insurance products? Are we talking about business in these undeveloped or, or developing parts of the world? What, what kind of insurance are we talking about? What products? Yeah, it usually starts with a simple life credit uh, um, product. So basically once people have understood uh, bank, bank products and credit, uh, these are usually added with some some simple to- sorts of life insurance, and it often goes into uh, funnily enough, before it goes to PNC, it'll probably go into uh, some small commercial type. So somebody owns a very small shop, uh, somebody owns a small business, and you insure parts of that. Uh, um, and then, of course, the, the PNC side is a little bit more difficult because you have to send uh, people out there. But now, with uh, to, to survey uh, the, the uh, property and uh, that is going to be insured. But now, with uh, you know, with smartphones having. Uh, um, video capability and all there's uh, there's more and more possibilities for that as well. So it'll start in the personal lines and then slowly move into small small type of uh, commercial. Uh, I I don't think uh, I don't I, I think the method for larger commercial and specialty lines will of course be similar around the world. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate that. Nathan, Nathan Gully, I want to bring you in. You're the senior editor of insurance and technology. You know that, but our listeners might not remember it. So you say insurance. Let's talk about the people who are out there selling insurance. We all know it's a transactional business, whether digital or face-to-face. That's typically how it happens. I, I have an old friend who knows, uh, obviously, that I have insurance, and he's in the insurance business, and I regularly get social emails. Just, hello, Bonnie, how are you? Hey, do you need a different kind of health insurance? Do you need a different 
different kind of of uh, motor vehicle insurance, and he's always pitching me because that's what he does. So Nathan, you you made the comment to me. Insurers are finding new roles for their agent force as more transactional processes go direct. What does that mean, Nathan Golia? Well, we just uh, we just wrapped an issue here in insurance technology on billing and. It's funny when you think. I, I, it's funny. I, I'm about 30. Well, I'm exactly 30, and um, you know, I've been buying insurance on my own for you know about a decade now, and I've always pretty much used a direct channel. Uh, bought my stuff online uh, from a very early date, um, but before that, it was a, agent agent distribution was a dominant uh, way that insurance was sold, and you know, there, there's a, there's a balance that needs to be struck between the fact that ins- people want to buy insurance online, but insurance isn't very easy to sell online. Uh, some of the simpler uh, products, you know, basic auto insurance, for example, is very popular online. But when you need more coverage, um, you really do benefit a lot from going to an agent. The problem is people just aren't used to that um, for more than a decade or for about a decade now. It's been, you know, do your stuff online, you know, for every sort of transactional purchase. Mm-hmm. So what insurers are doing is they're working with their agents to make their agents sort of community fixtures who are who the value proposition of the agent is not. You go there to buy your your easy auto policy. It's about okay. I need, um, you know, I have I have a couple of kids now. Or I've, I'm buying a new house. I, you know, what kind of uh, extra coverages can I can I use? Can you explain them to me? Can you, um, you know, sort of find a way for me to get the best price and the best coverage all rolled into one? Um, they want the the agents to be seen as knowledgeable subject matter experts about you know, the more complex forms of insurance. Um, customer retention is a big is a big part of that. You want to retain the customers who come in, you know, in, in college just buying the barest bones auto policy, and you want to retain those people when they are buying home home insurance and life insurance sure. later on. Um, and, you know, you want to make sure your agents are out there who someone they can turn to since you're not going to necessarily be able to sell that stuff to them online. You also don't really want, you know, necessarily people to think they have to go to their agent uh, for every little thing because they'll just look for the insurer that doesn't do it online. And billing was a big point for this. You know, you used to have to go to your insurance agent to pay your bill. Now you can do it online. So insurers don't want their agents necessarily to be taking bill payments. They want them to be selling, you know, higher value products to their best customers and forming relationships with them that last. Um, it's not necessarily about the agent doing everything now. It's about the agent being very specialized in, um, in, a, in a sort of subject matter expert way. And I want to have you expand that a little bit before I go to Mark. I, I want to go back to the techno- technological disruption and talk to Mark in a moment. But, but Nathan, you also told me insurers are focusing on acquiring and retaining not just customers, which you just talked about, but also employees who live the processes they're trying to implement. How does an employee, I assume you're talking about the agent population, how do they live these processes? Actually, I was talking about the people who work at insurance companies uh, in, mm-hmm. in IT departments or marketing or what have you. I mean, you know, you, there's going to be a lot of investment that needs to happen on digital channels, digital interaction. Um, there's enabling agents on digital interaction. There's en- enabling direct digital interaction. And you're, you want to get the best people um, out of college um, or in the, in the workforce who are really good and, and adept in the digital world. And you don't. In order to do that, I mean, you really have to understand how these pe- how these employees are living, you know, in the world that you're trying to reach. They can go work at a startup. They can go work for Google. They can work for a lot of companies that will allow them to play around the digital realm. You want to make yourself an attractive company so you get the best people and and are providing the best experience digitally that way. And uh, that is just about culture change and embracing the Mm -hmm. disruption and and understanding that it's happening and, and, you know, going with the flow. 
So. Thank you, Nathan. I, w- I was going to go back to Mark and have you talk about the unified digital platform, but we have an interesting question from David Slavensky, our friend at IBM, big fan of the show. And David, thank you for introducing us to Kathy Ann Hudson. We appreciate that very much. I'm going to throw this question open to the whole panel. As somebody jump in, please. David asks, how will the fact that new laws allow children to stay on their parents' insurance until age 26 affect insurance innovation and insurance Adoption. Who wants to take that? Hmm. I hear somebody breathing. <laughs> Kathy, go ahead. Kathy, why don't you talk? Oh, Your I friend of David's. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Thanks, David. Um, I think you're, you're talking about the health insurance and how that would um, mm-hmm. uh, sort of drive innovation in health insurance. Um, you know, in Mostly, most of the time, uh, health insurance has been something that was you know, bought through your employer. You didn't really have a lot of choice in terms of um, you know what you chose, what what package you chose. But I think that the way that it's changed and how you know the younger uh, uh, consumer now has a longer time to be on their parents' insurance policy, it opens up a new market for for the ins- the health insurer, right? So after they are now off of their um, parents' insurance policy. It's time for them to go and shop around for their own. So, in you know, the the focus on customer centricity becomes very important now for health insurers, um, more so than it has been um, in the past, because they now have a new pool of people that they have to market to and have to serve, uh, whereas before you didn't really have much of a choice. Thank you, yeah. Kathy. Go, who, who wants to join? I hear somebody. This is, this is well, Nate. I wanted to just jump jump in on, on, yeah. on something on that quickly. Uh, it's interesting that, that this was that this topic is brought up because there was some uh, you know research released yesterday by a company that studies the customer uh, experience and in insurance. And actually, health plans are like just dismal at online experience. They're not very good as a whole. They're not very well respected in terms of how they're able to deliver a digital experience to their customers, and uh, and to you know points that are being made about uh, having to adapt to a new market, that is the reality that a lot of this stuff has been sold uh, through groups and it's not necessarily the one-to-one connection that all insurers are moving towards. Now they have to adapt to that, which means they're going to have to really invest and uh, revamp their, their online experiences to sort of meet the higher standards of the people entering the market. Thank you, Nathan. Anybody else want to jump in on that? I thought I heard somebody else. Well, nope. Bonnie, I'd actually like yep. to make some other comments about the, the human Please. intermediaries, the agents, because I think there's yes. a really important point to be made here just to kind of close out that part of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really easy for us to think about personal auto insurance and homeowners insurance and the things that we all deal with, and, and you know, it makes sense to be thinking about those in it. You know, why would we need an agent? Why don't we do that digitally? But actually, if you look at, if you look across all types of business around the world, the vast majority of insurance is sold by agents and brokers. You look at mm-hmm. all the commercial insurance, it's complex. Even life insurance, right? Most millennials that I've talked to, um, you know, even some that, you know, do, do absolutely everything through their mobile phone. When it comes to life insurance products and, you know, and investment-oriented products, they want to talk to an expert. They want to talk to an individual. So you I don't bet. think that's changing anytime soon. I think the, the, the trick for enhancing custom, the customer experience is enabling all of those agents, financial advisors, brokers, all those intermediaries, because 
they're the ones that are going to be delivering that experience on behalf of the um, insurer. Great point. And you know what? We're at the end of this segment, and that means coming up right after the very quick break, it's time for the crystal ball. We're going to be speaking to Mark Brading from Strategy Meets Action SMA, Nathan Golia Insurance and Technology, Kathy Ann Hudson from IBM, and Bob Cummings from SAP. In that order, I'm going to give them each about a minute and a half to tell me what do they predict, project, predict for 2018. Will we still be having this discussion about the digital insurer, or will it just be a matter of fact? And we're going to, I'm going to ask each of you to address a question Terry Goldsworthy is asking us on Twitter. He says, can the insurance industry support the number of agents we currently have, or will we see attrition? That'll be part of the crystal ball. We'll be right back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. Brad, out. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. We're having a very interesting, rousing discussion, you might say, about the digital insurer opportunities with customer centricity trends. And now it's time for Crystal Ball. I'm going to ask my four esteemed panelists to please polish off that good old-fashioned crystal ball, whether it's in your garage or up on the mantelpiece somewhere. I know you all have one, whether you're using a, a dust rag or a chamois or a banky, whatever you're using, polish it off and let's see what you see five years ahead. Mark Brading, Strategy Meets Action SMA. What do you see for the digital insurer in 2018, please? Well, I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to give you three Ps. First okay. is product customization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could argue that insurance policies are already mass customized to some degree. Uh, customers get to choose their coverages, deductibles, their payment options, some of those kinds of things. But I really think that the customer-centric insurer of the future is going to offer a lot more flexibility, will need to offer a lot more flexibility to the customer to assemble exactly the right components to meet their needs. The so product customization is first. Second is personalized interactions. Um, every communication with a customer has to recognize who that customer is, what their relationship is with the company, what the history of the interactions has been, and that understanding has to be has to inform every letter, statement, text message, um, whatever it might be, it needs to be highly personalized so that it's effective. 
And then the final P is a proactive approach. Um, you know, the industry really is fundamentally a reactive industry. Today, the hard work starts when a claim is submitted uh, mm-hmm. and when the insurer steps in to help repair, restore, reimburse the insured. Um, but I expect um, the whole uh, proactive uh, loss control discipline to, to move across other parts of the business because we can now collect real-time information on just about everything. And so I think helping all types of customers prepare for impending events, avoid accidents, mitigate losses, just generally be safer, I think that is a big opportunity for insurers to, to partner with, collaborate with their customers so that they become more trusted partners um, in tackling the whole risk management area. So product customization, personalized interactions, and proactive approach. And I don't very, have a very much. <laughs> I don't have a P for the agent attrition question, though. Okay. Well, I was going to say that everything you said, Mark Brading from SMA, I believe would would warm the hearts of people who are literally left out in the cold and the wet after Superstorm Sandy, which devastated parts of New York where I am and where I think Nathan is as well. And it would be interesting if, if that had had a better outcome in terms of coverage and repair and reconstruction. There are people still without homes, without businesses. So that that is probably one of our more interesting and compelling modern examples of, of what needs to happen to make it more effective, but I, I will not go on a perch there. Let's turn to Nathan Golia, Insurance and Technology. What do you predict for the digital insurer in 2018, or how far ahead can you see, Nathan? Well, I don't, want, I don't know about a specific date, but there is definitely one particular form of disruptive technology that insurers are going to get a lot of uh, mileage out of, and that is mobile technology. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what, what makes something mobile. It's that it's location-aware, that it's always on, and that it's always transmitting data. So that's when we talk about mobile technology and insurance, we're not just talking about, you know, using an insurance app to pay your bill. Um, there's all sorts of potential applications for technology that share those attributes, um, you know, especially in auto insurance, talking about usage-based telematics insurance, which would involves your car you know, literally transmitting data on your driving habits. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also have um, there, all, of your, all of your appliances and devices in your house will be tra- can transmit their own data on their usage, their power consumption. Uh, in health insurance, uh, home, home, home medical equipment can transmit information on uh, whether or not something, a, a prescription is being taken at the right time or blood pressure is being monitored, even what that is. There's certainly a lot of, um, of roadblocks to overcome in terms of how, who, how you decide what's, what's private information, how you decide what's, what's the right mm-hmm. kind of use of this information, how do you get people to opt in, what does it mean for the underwriting and rating of an individual policyholder, to Mark's point about how things are being so increasingly customized and personalized. But that is the reality of how technology is progressing. There's, it, there is no turning back. Um, and that's, you know, the point I've been trying to sort of hammer home today is that, you know, eventually these things are going to be out there and you can either use them or you can or you won't be allowed to regulation-wise or you won't want to. But the possibilities are, are going to be expanding a lot. And uh, insurers are going to have to and are really working hard to put the underlying systems in place that can handle the explosion of data, that can handle the real-time uh, transmission and the analytics that go along with it, and we might see a very different industry uh, in five years than we saw even five years ago when the Thank iPhone you, just had new piece of technology. 
Can you answer Terry's question? Will the industry support the current number of agents or will we see attrition? I, I don't know. I think what we're going to see, without knowing specifically how many agents there are right now, mm-hmm. um, we might see a different, you know, people who are interested in working in insurance or in working in insurance sales or customer service, this might not be called insurance agents. They might be working for the insurance carrier in a different role. They might be working on different kinds of things. Um, you know, we might not see the, tra- again, it's about whether or not it's going to be a traditional insurance agent or a different kind of insurance professional. Um, I mean, I can't say for sure without knowing the number right now, but, you know, we're just going to see a transition there. Thank you. And and getting back to your point quickly about uh, usage-based insurance, I've been asking my insurance agent for two years to give me a different break on my auto policy because my car is garaged. I work from a home office like you do, Nathan, and like your wife does, I believe you said. And I think I've driven in my darling little sports car, I think I've driven less than 3,000 miles in two years, but I'm paying a premium at a, a, the lowest cliff possible that's much higher than that. And it, the car just isn't even out of the garage more than a day and a half for a half hour a piece a week and yet they can't accommodate me so i'm looking forward to that kathy ann hudson ibm talk to me 2018 what do you see ahead my friend well this may be a, a bit surprising coming from a technology person but i i think uh you know people buy from people and from for me digital does not mean going away from human interactions it means we'll see more um interactions being augmented by digital um and that that interaction will be more data-driven and device, perhaps device agnostic. Uh, for example, you know, Nate mentioned uh, the, the changing role of the agent and becoming more of a community members, but we're also seeing a, a move towards um, different types of peer groups and community selling uh, in terms of social social networks or social groups, uh, driving that uh, optimized buying decision. So I think you know people will be part of the, the sales process for insurance for a long time to come, but it's not necessarily who we think as, you know, the person who's providing the best advice. So it may not necessarily be an agent, but it may also be uh, someone from your community or, or peer group. Very interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. That's a different take on customer centricity. Thank you, Kathy. Bob Cummings, I can give you about a minute and a half to wrap up. Bob Cummings from SAP Calling from Waldorf. Bob, what do you see? 2018, insurance industry. How do you predict the changes? Yeah, so I think uh, if I can uh, just quote two of the uh, two customers I recently spoke to. One one said uh, we want to move from being a company to a customer care company, and the other said uh, we want to move from being a payer to a player. Uh, and I think if we look into the crystal ball, I'm guessing that by 2018 we'll start to see the first examples of companies who successfully achieved that. Um, I guess it goes back to. Uh, uh, what what uh, the other panelists have said is that you know the the role and the the interaction will change over time. Um, I think uh, insurance companies. I think in more and more people are thinking holistically about insurance, not just in in terms of risk coverage as a financial service, but really as a as a complete uh, experience. So, um, but there's also a uh, flip side to that coin, as uh, some some companies have have said, is that. If we move from being a payer to a player, there's also going to be players who are going to be moving to become payers as well. So there'll be other entrants into the market, I think, over time. We'll see, we'll see the uh, automotive companies start to have uh, more and more 
Um, we're seeing a BMW is coming out with an interesting uh, whole full mobility concept. We see healthcare companies moving into total care. Uh, we see banks and uh, investment companies moving into things which are looking suspiciously like life insurance sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think you, you're going to see a more crowded space. Um, to your question about the uh, agents, I fully agree with yes. uh with uh, Kathy, Nate, and Mark, is that uh, I, I don't think uh, I, I think humans are not going to change. I think we we prefer to buy from uh, from uh, humans than from machines. I think in many cases, or at least when it comes to complex things. But I think the way we dialogue, just like Kathy said, I think the way um, if I look into the crystal ball, I, I think you'll see a lot of digital interaction with your agent and the agent becoming a new sort of uh, new sort of role. Um, maybe not even called an agent anymore, maybe a customer care representative or something like that. Uh, so I think it's uh, exciting times up ahead. It is. Thank you, Bob. You've taken us right to the end. I need about 20 seconds for my wrap-up. You know what? I have predictions, too, next Wednesday on Coffee Break with Game Changers, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern, August 14th. Can it really be the middle of August? Board diversity, the pros and cons for your company. Everything that diversity means, we'll be talking about. August 21 and 28th, it's a two-part show. I don't think we've done that in a while. Fashion retailer alert. You better delight those millennials or die. Ooh, interesting panel. We're starting a new series on September 3rd called HR Trends with Game Changers. It'll be Tuesdays, 9 Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. Shout outs. Thank you, Mark Brading. Thank you, Nathan Golia. Thank you, Kathy Ann Hudson. Thank you, Bob Cummings, for being extraordinary panelists. I'm inviting you back for part two in January. And shout outs to Gina Myers. You rock. And shout out to Terry for joining us. Thank you on Twitter. Terrific. Malcolm Kimberlin, as always. David Slavinsky, we love you. Brad Ryan and the Business Channel team, thank you for your support. And one more thing, I have a call to action for all of you. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.